Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. Glad to be with you at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. This holiday season, give the gift of the brew. If it's coffee, if it's one of their hot chocolate uh, gift packs, or if it's just a gift card for that Bulldog or Starkville native or Tupelo native in your life, they've got you taken care of. Just go to the website, go to their My Shopify page, and you can shop Strange Brew Coffeehouse. I'm Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Obviously, they don't ship the ice cream, which is a shame. I mean, if they, if they can ever find that technology to ship delicious ice cream like that, you know, I'd be all for it. Does but. anyone ship ice cream? Like, can, can't you package it in such I'm a sure way? I'm sure you can do, like, dry ice, liquid nitrogen yeah. kind of thing. But I don't think they're doing that there, which is a shame because it's, it's fantastic ice cream. But that said, head over to Strange Brew. If you're here in town, head over to Churn and Spoon and get all the ice cream you want. You know, it's still cold, but, you know, it's warm inside. You eat your ice cream inside. I think you can do that. I mean, I'm sure they'll... The, the restaurants are open. I, I, would, I don't know. Yeah, well, figure it out. Either way, they'll sure sell it to you. Just go buy some ice cream. Dang it! <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So that's an angry uh, sponsorship for Strange Fruit Coffee House today. Uh, our good friends over at College Corner racked you up, helped you out so much last week with sales. They are still just the place to go when you're looking for Mississippi State merchandise or any you know school here in the state. Hey, maybe you know a USM fan that's super excited about the uh, hiring of Coach Will Hall. They've got that black and gold merchandise there. Or perhaps, you you know, some of those other people in the state need a gift from time to time. You could, you could do that. I'm not, I'm not mentioning any names. Just saying it's, it's, it's available to you. The biggest and best selection in Mississippi of, of, of those kind of items. Just go to one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always just shop online at collegecornerstore.com and get your College Corner gear this holiday season. Just days left in 2020. Make 2021 the best year for your business ever by calling Advantage Business Systems and putting their ideas to work for you. Update the technology in your office now so that 2021 can be a year where you're focused on profits and not the problems you have with your own office systems. They've got the solutions at Advantage Business Systems. All you've got to do is give them a call at 844-833-6245. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel T. Coleman. Woo. No problems getting Mike Leach in front of the microphone today, evidently. No, he was there. Uh, saw him in the flesh. Actually, I saw him over a computer yeah, You weren't there either, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. Could it have been a hologram? You know, all the technology being what it is. Mississippi State just wires a hologram now. Leach can be at Key West, and they can, like, make it look like he's in Starkville? Yeah, that's probably not what happened. No, no, I don't think so. I, don't th- I think see, I kind think of a busy here. man these days. Yeah, so, uh, takeaways. What, what, you know, I wasn't on the, on the call. Anything stand out to you that he had to say? Uh, a little surprised, I guess, that State still... Uh, maybe I shouldn't be, because State 
even if everybody is completely healthy, given the number of transfers and things, they're still kind of, I guess, less less on the roster than most teams. So right. I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But still playing he, he, he though. Know, yeah, yeah, they are indeed. Saddle up, boys. Uh, but no, State's apparently still dealing with some numbers issues. Yeah, and and roster issues that kind of stood out to me. I would have thought, given basically you know another bye week two weeks off that they would be back closer to full strength but he said no they're kind of right where they've been the last couple weeks so um that that kind of stood out to me a little bit uh what else said that they they would accept the bowl bid which i mean that's kind of to me like duh you're, you're gonna accept a bowl well, bid. Some coach, i think south carolina before now shane beamer may have walked it back but i think they said they wouldn't take one well yeah, but if you're Mike Leach in Mississippi State right now, you got to practice you need and play the as much reps. as you can. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Which you know, by the way, I've thought about this. Right, the season ends on the 19th. Right, let's say they get that Gasparilla Bowl invite. That game's on the 26th. Yeah, how many practices are you supposed to get? 18. You can't get 18 practices in seven days. Yes, that's true. I, I mean, I, would they let you practice after the bowl game? My very un educated guess because i haven't asked that question but now that's a good question i think i'll ask it on wednesday's teleconference if uh i can remember to do so and if mike, i don't even know that he if would mike know. calls in uh which is a pot never know um we'll see what he says because that's that's a good question um but my guess would be yes i mean if you allow that then you allow that right i mean state different thing here altogether you can set your spring schedule how you want to but state has had spring practices after the spring game before true true um different that's kind of comparing apples to oranges a little bit but i would think if you're the ncaa allows however you know x number of practices they should allow x number then you get x number of practices i would guess yeah uh that said with the season being stretched out like it has been you kind of, I guess, practice more than you thought you were going to anyway. So does that impact things in any way? I don't know. But b- bottom line, if you get the chance to go to a bowl game, you go to a bowl game if you're this team right now. You want real Rodgers and Wally and fill in the, the freshman or youngster of your choice, offensively you or defensively. You want them to practice and play as much as they can. So, yeah, State's going to a bowl game if they get that opportunity. What else? Mentioned K.J. Costello. We talked about that a little bit off the air, but – yeah. Actually, he was asked about K.J. Costello directly. Right. Um, and if he might return. Of course, K.J. was named to the East-West Shrine game. That is not actually a game this year, I don't think. I don't right. Think I think it's really, just, it's just more the, of an honorary uh, yeah. um, kind of deal. But e- either way, Leach didn't knock it off the table that there could be a K.J. return. You know, he, he didn't say, heck no, he's not coming back. He kind of said it remains to be seen. And that... I, I don't know. I just kind of think that's he doesn't want to break news for KJ Costello. I can't see KJ coming back, but that's again, that's just more guess Would than anything. Would be very surprised if KJ Costello. Uh, Look, I, I'm going to guess that KJ ultimately wants to play professional football. Yeah, I don't think coming back next year helps him in any way because he would not be the starter. He would not be the starter. I don't even know if he would be second on the depth chart because yeah. i mean you feel like robertson and, and rogers are one two yeah, you in, in, like in some way msu at that point wants to move forward yeah and i mean kj's not getting any younger I, I, look 
after the year he had, is he getting drafted? I don't think so. Of course, I didn't think Tommy Stevens was getting drafted either, and he did, so what do I know? But, I mean, he, he would probably have an opportunity as an undrafted free agent somewhere. I would have to think that he he ain't coming back. I, I don't understand why coming back would benefit him, but there again, his life, his situation, he knows it better than I do. Maybe there's some reason why could, and Mike Leach didn't rule it out. Yeah. Again, though, I don't see that happening at all, but there's been lots of things happen before, Brian, that I didn't think was going to happen. You're right. Then, so. This season's been chock full of them. <laughs> 100%. So, One other thing, and we're going to transition this into uh, into recruiting, but he was asked about recruiting today. Yeah, by, by, by Joel T. Coleman, great reporter for Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner. You can find that at cowbellcorner.com. If I were rating the guys on this beat who cover Mississippi State, can't wait to see what you're going to put I would have Joel T. Coleman as solid a number two as you could possibly yeah. get. Yeah. yeah. He can't be number one. Only one guy can be number one. <laughs> and, I'm a, you, I'm a good, and you got your little beady eyes locked right on him. <laughs> I'm a good little B-plus player is what you're saying. That's a good little spot for you. <laughs> you got a little Daniel Bryan in you for sure. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Uh, yeah, and he was just talking about the persistence, and I mean, he bragged on his staff is basically what he did, and you had to, the persistence of them, and and uh, thought that the staff had some, you know, good recruiters, and you know, what else are you gonna say? In all honesty, though, that's that's one of those questions. Yeah, uh, I got a kick out of his stand on the table. Uh, yeah, that that was later. Robbie asked him about recruiting too, and yeah. it, Robbie asked him more about the the off field guys, um, and, and the role that they played, which Mike said. With this class, it isn't so much as the the one before, because obviously Mike and company comes in and they've just got to hold together some guys till February. Um, so he he said they haven't done as much with this class as as the previous one. But but yeah, he bragged on them and, and talked about yeah a lot of coaches sometimes find a guy they like and stand on the table. And he said in his experiences, most coaches can't stand on the table or the table will break. So. <laughs> I know. I, I sympathize with those guys, to be totally honest with you. Let's transition from there into MSU recruiting. Uh, after we recorded on Sunday that evening, uh, some the, the smoke finally became some fire as uh, McKaylin Pounders finally made his uh, decommitment. The, the the rumor mill tells it like this. I think this. it's McKaylin, but I know what you're going to say. At this point, it truly doesn't matter what his name is. Um <laughs> The, the, it appears that the, the writing was on the wall that a flip was coming, and rather than allow that to happen on signing day, where you have the embarrassment of the hat ceremony gone wrong, Mississippi State just sort of got out in front of this and said, "Look, we, you're going your way, we'll go ours, and you know we can just all you know leave as friends, I guess, as much as you possibly uh, can in that situation." You know, last week State had some decommitments, and we talked about them being you know one sided. That it was State doing the pushing there. This was not that situation. State would like to keep Pounders in the class. They were not able to do so. Now State will focus its attention on Austin Barber and Cannon Boone as possible replacements for him. And it really feels like they need to get at least one of those. They guys. need at least one. Yeah. That is that is one hundred percent accurate. Because if they don't get one, it's really something. The the the, the this year I, I, I looked at it. Pounders is the number one offensive lineman in the state this year. He's the number fifteen overall prospect. Last year he would have been the twenty ninth prospect. The year before that, he would have been thirty-first. You know that's how you know the, the talent in the state is just down this year. You know it, it just is. Um, you know so normally you know you would you would be in a situation where you're like gosh this this close signing is going to be tough to find a guy. Even beyond Barber and and Boone, 
there I'm sure there are 50 uncommitted offensive linemen out there that if you threw a Mississippi State offer at them, they would probably be looking for it. So, yeah, so it's probably going to be a situation where if they don't get Barber or Boone, then they're just going to hold that spot till February and see who they can find between now and then to fill in. They, they need a couple more offensive linemen in this class, though, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, given the smoke of what led up to it, I wasn't surprised when it happened, but there was a point in time over the last six months where if you made me rank the Mississippi State commits that you didn't have to worry about, mm-hmm. Pounders was, mm, he was up there, yeah. top two or three. Uh, I've kind of felt all along like Sawyer Robertson's as solid as you come. I don't think he's going anywhere. Right. Um, and even Daniel Greek, I mean, he could probably go somewhere and yeah, maybe have a better chance to play than he might have at Mississippi State. But I, I felt he saw, but Pounders is one of those guys. I, the, the times I've talked to him, man, he just seemed like he was rock solid. I mean, he talked yeah. about how he couldn't wait. I mean, he, he and Jordan Davis are good friends, and and Nick uh, Jones, and, another MSU commitment. And so, uh, yeah, there, there was a point in time where I didn't think it was really all that possible, and then. Lo and behold. You should know better than anyone yeah, in recruiting anything. You just never know. Um in, in a way he goes. And I don't know. What's your impression right now of this signing class and what could end up I mean, we don't know if there's any more flipping to be flipped or not. But right. It right now it seems like there's a lot of panic in the Mississippi State fan base right. and kind of like Lane and is taking Mike to task. L- here. Last year was sort of, you know, lulled MSU fans into a false sense of security. There was just no drama last year. There really wasn't, man. This is what it normally is like. State does most of its recruiting Early. prior to December, and in December it's just, can we hold on for dear life, or in some cases February, um, you know, in years past before the early signing period. Um, because, you know, you, you, the players you're losing are not super highly rated players, it's not as big a blow as it would have been if, say, Robertson, Knox, and Neighbors all decommitted on you. Um, you should be able to replace Mizell Williams, Marion Howard, and you know you hope for a guy in in in, in Pounders should be able to replace those guys because they they just you know they they're not elite prospects by any stretch of the imagination. What State needs right now is a commitment or just some good news. If you look at twenty four seven. Uh, the Paul Jones has reported that he expects MJ Daniels to announce that he is going to shut down his recruitment. He's locked in, sort of the same way Emmanuel Forbes did a season ago, where there was still a lot of smoke that he might flip, and Forbes put an end to that. They expect the same from Daniels uh, at some point on Monday evening. So it should have happened by the time you're uh, you're listening to this, hopefully. Um, and then you know you need to go out and just grab a commitment or two. There's a lot of talk about Canarius Johnson down there in Laurel. If you're going to take him, just go ahead and take him. Make it happen. You know, just just get yourself. You need some momentum. You know, right now you don't have any. And Your I momentum think, is stalled. I think for me, that's where my head's at right now. The, you know, one of the long-standing thunder and lightning mottos, and if we ever get T-shirts made, we should put it on there. Perception is reality. Yes. Is, I, these guys that are flipping, uh, Buckhalter, Pounders. I know Luke Altmaier was not a Mississippi State commit, but he's a Mississippi boy that flips from FSU to Ole Miss. What you worry about if you're a state fan is all these Mississippi guys, their eyes are on Ole Miss. Yeah. And is is the momentum firmly in the court of Kiffin 
and the Rebels, and is it something that's going to continue to build and carry over? That's why they over? canceled this weekend. They couldn't let that get in the way of recruiting. You've got to talk about what's important here. Is, it, is playing the games important or is recruiting important? I don't know the answer. But it, it is weird right now because Mississippi State has always been the school. I mean, remember the billboards? This is our state. Yeah. And now you got Lane walking around wearing sweatshirts, come to the sip, and all this kind this of stuff. This is the first time in a long time that Ole Miss has made that real push. It really feels like right kids. now that Ole Miss is more prioritizing making sure their ducks are in a row kind of thing than, than State. And, and again, that, that may not be true at all because Mississippi State doesn't – I mean, Mike Leach isn't the type of coach to, to wear – this is our state hats or something like that. Right. Or, or, you know, it's just a different dynamic there. But I don't know. That That's the fear if you're Mississippi State, I think, is Ole Miss is building momentum that high school – because that's all these kids from ninth grade on up care about is what's happening now. Right. You know, you and I can sit here and talk all we want about states going to bowl games the last 10 years or whatever. But if you're a, if you're a 10th, 11th grader and Ole Miss – you see the momentum they built this year. What right. if, what if next, and they're exciting year, to watch. They're exciting to watch. What if next year they're the same and, and even up a notch kind of well, thing? Well, actually, they have four non-conference games that they can maybe win. Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, if you're a 10th grader and you see them your 10th grade year, they had this momentum. In 11th grade, they built on it. Now you're a senior in Mississippi, and you think, oh, shoot, all the momentum's yeah. in Oxford. That's the fear for Mississippi State is that all the momentum has You have to start building your own momentum at some point. Yes. Looking at the, uh, the 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 top ten players in the state, obviously the top three are going out of state: Deion Smith, Kadarius Calloway, Isaiah Brevard, Luke Altmaier, fourth. He's going to Ole Miss. John Lewis, the linebacker from Germantown. It depends on who you ask. It really, it really does seem. It seems like Ole Miss people think it's Ole Miss. State people think it's State. Some people tell you that it's Florida State. And then we come to Antonio Harmon, one of the most interesting recruitments I can ever remember. Uh, was at one time I think the number one player in the state, or maybe right there behind Deion Smith. Uh, four-star receiver out of Kosciuszko, billed by uh, some recruiting analyst as the next DK Metcalf. I don't think that's a very fair comparison to anybody. DK Metcalf is a physical freak more than anything else. Um, but a solid player. The problem is his, his build. He's six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. You see a kid like that, and immediately you think, well, he gets to college, he's going to put on 20, 30 pounds. He should be a tight end. But there are no tight ends at Mississippi State. But he doesn't seem to be able to commit anywhere. Has offers from a lot of good programs, but none of them would take him right now. Well, it's very interesting recruitment for a North Mississippi kid who MSU connections is. His, I think his uncle played at Mississippi State. Um, there's been some talk though now that he might end up being a part of this Mississippi State class. From a just from a ranking standpoint, I mean, if you're switching him out for Buckhalter, well, then you won in that deal. But at the same time, I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Jaquarius Spivey had a good egg bowl. Uh-huh. Can he be Jaquarius Spivey? Well, first off, no. The, the first question is, did Jaquarius Spivey just have a good game, or is Jaquarius Spivey going to become part of this offense? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Because the answer is, yes, they can. They found a spot for him. They need a big possession type receiver who can body some guys. Then Antonio Harmon coming in makes sense because he could be that guy. I mean, my, my first instinct here is it was just a good game for Spivey because if he can – do that? Why the heck hadn't he been doing it all year? And then I guess you could make the argument, well, State's offense hadn't clicked worth of crap all year, and so they're just now figuring some stuff out. But, but yeah, I mean, Harmon, you hit the nail on the head, I think. What a fallback plan, man. If that's your fallback plan, yeah. you could have a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, again, and we've said this a few times, and this is a little different situation, because in a normal year, this guy would be committed. <coughs> Excuse me. But normally State loses a recruit this late, 
and they're looking over the commitment lists of South Alabama and Florida International and trying to figure out who we're going to pluck from there, who's the best guy there. And if you're telling me that right now, the state could lose Brandon Buckhalter and end up with a four-star receiver with offers from Texas, Georgia, LSU, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. Buddy, that's about as good as it gets. And I understand that those, those offers may not be committable right now. There was a time. Don't tell me during the summer that those schools wouldn't have taken those, this guy. They would have. So that's an interesting recruitment. Looking back at the top ten, the next guy on there uh, is uh, Ty Keys. He, I'm sorry, MJ Daniels. We just talked about him. Ty Keys decommitted today from Tulane. I would expect him to end up with his uh, with the new coach at USM, Will Hall, who was the offensive coordinator at Tulane. I have high hopes for Ty Keys. I think he's going to become a Mississippi legend. I, I just don't know why I'm bought into this kid. And I understand why they didn't recruit him at Mississippi State. Different kind of quarterback. Yeah. I talked to him a couple times. But and he just strikes me as the next big thing. And he's a kid that, again, I've only talked to him a couple times on the phone. And just his maturity and – he's definitely a kid I'm rooting for. Just in my yeah. con- he, my conversations with him is – just a, a seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders, and he's obviously a fantastic athlete. So yeah. he he's got a he's got a fan in me, regardless of where he ends up. We already talked about Brandon Buckalter at nine. He's headed to Ole Miss. Jacoby Moore is committed to Mississippi State. Has been locked in. Seems to be no drama there. And then the next like uh, three guys are guys that could all end up in Mississippi State's class, or could none of them could end up in Mississippi State's class? Canarius Johnson. We mentioned him at Laurel. I think first off. If he doesn't go to state, he'll end up at Southern as well with Will Hall and Ty Keys. They were already, like I said, already there at Tulane together. Um, but Johnson, they say, you know, reading the message board, tea leaves, there's some some academic issues there. If those are cleared to go, because state really doesn't have a lot of room this year to take a potential guy who ends up in JUCO. Uh, could, But he could be at Mississippi State's class. Then you have Justin Wally, the brother of Jaden Wally. He's committed to Minnesota. What an unusual commitment. I mean, you're talking about, could he? how much further away can a commitment be from his school? This guy's on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, as far south as we can get in Mississippi, and he's going to go to Minnesota, which is about as far north as you can go in America. That's a long way. I'm not. He has never been to the campus, has never visited face-to-face with any Minnesota coach. Surely this isn't going to stick, is it? Whenever it first happened, I would have said absolutely not. The closer it gets, though, you do kind of wonder. Makes you wonder, no question. I mean, I don't necessarily know this but in talking to 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 justin seems like he's pretty tight with his brother the whenever i spoke to him that was before he committed to to minnesota but Mm -hmm. you kind of wonder if that's the case and he's tight with his brother but he did say he wasn't going to let Jaden, you know impact his decision but right to me if it was my brother and my brother was basically on the verge of becoming a superstar somewhere i'd be there i'd want to be there with him and and play with him but here's here's I, i don't know maybe he wants to forge his own path and not be you know end up being just Jaden's brother and I'm not trying to recruit for Mississippi State when I say this but to me when you always you ever have this kind of situation we got the older brother younger brother you know not that I'm a huge Kim DJ fan but at some point you have to say look mom and dad do you want your sons split up like that where we got to make a choice of who we're going to go see and one son is going to be 2,500 3,000 miles away and he can't just come home on, a, on an off weekend when he wants to we got to put them on a plane to do that? Or are we going to make the, the right choice and put our kids together so that we can just go see them play together as a family? That, that, that's something that has to come into consideration. I agree with you that it, I, I, I was amazed when he committed to Minnesota. Never, I mean, 
If you commit it to Ole Miss, LSU, whatever, I, I don't. It's fine. It makes sense, right? Minnesota was just really out of the blue. As it does get closer, though, it makes you wonder. But I think State would take him. Uh, obviously, I think I really do think they would. Jarquez Hunter is the last guy on this list, running back out of Neshoba Central. Just picked up an MSU offer in the last month. I, I think State offered him with the full intention of letting him replace Amarian Howard. Yeah, and State threw out another offer today to an out-of-state running back. Yeah, uh, I think that's whose the name ba- I can't remember as I sit here and talk to you. I, I don't remember his name. I just know his nickname is Cheetah. Yeah, which is a great name for a running back. Um, but that's it. I think Hunt, Hunter. That's the fallback plan. Like if we don't get Hunter in December, they'll move on to the next guy. That's how Mississippi State's looking at it. Like we're going to get him, or we're going to get him, but we're going to get one of them. Or could it be a one of those? If you don't sign here on December sixteenth, yeah. he's going to. He's going to. <laughs> and my guess is that's that's probably the case. The other name to watch is Jadarius Perkins, defensive back, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, uh, decommitted this past weekend from Oregon. Had been a long time commitment to there. Uh, saw some crystal balls already coming in from Mississippi State there on 24-7. Uh, obviously, State could use some depth in the secondary. His commitment, I think, would affect the grad transfer Alexander out of Kansas State. Uh, I think that's probably an either-or situation. If State gets Perkins, they would probably move on from the grad transfer. If they don't get him, they'll bring him. They, they want an experienced defensive back back there to help them out, to provide some depth. They don't want to end up with another situation like they had this year. For sure, that's yeah. where that's those feel like the best case scenarios, and then maybe another out of state guy at defensive end, a Jaden Jones, a Deontay Anderson, uh, and then uh, you know find out who the best available is. I think the best available right now, if there is a slot for a best available, that's Antonio Harmon. Yeah, because I think Johnson's so. going to get in. Yeah, I, to me though, the, just the story right now revolves around long term. Do you feel like this staff can can recruit? And, and get the momentum rolling. The way, I don't want to say the way Ole Miss is, is going right now. What's Ole Miss ranked right now? Oh, man. Hold on. I'm sorry. I That's thought right. you had it right um, there in front of you. I don't, but I can find it. Currently, the Ole Miss recruiting class is 47th, but they are pushing in a way that will get them into the top 30 pretty quick, you would think. Yeah. I mean, they've got uh, two JUCO commits that aren't, rate, aren't rated. So... When those guys get some sort of rating, I would imagine that they'll be uh, they'll probably push up in cl- close to forty at that point. Yeah, it just kind of feels like State and Ole Miss on some of these head-to-head battles that they have. Ole Miss is winning more than State right now. I agree, and, and and that's the that's the I guess if you're a State fan, the long-term issue here is that just a right now thing, or is that a consistent lane is going to take this staff behind the woodshed kind of thing? And, and Look, we, we it may take five years before we know the answer to that. Well, it's still sort of like what happened to Mullen. Remember year one was where they lost C.J. Johnson and Nick Brazel and all those guys at the end. Yeah. Uh, the thing I would say, though, is that Mullen never really learned his lesson from that and that he continued to let Ole Miss sort of push him around on signing day for the most part. I mean, they, they, they consistently had guys that flipped. Um, this staff seems to at least I, – I for me, a flip, by the way, is – when you flip a guy, it happens instantaneously. All right, I I was committed here yesterday. Today I'm committed to this new place. If you decommit and then that, I don't call that really call that a flip. To be totally I, I don't, like if Pounders ends up committing, that, no, that to me is a flip. The, a flip to me just it's just terminology. Yeah, it, it's just it should happen instantaneously. Instant, yeah. but we're, but That's regardless fair. of that, this this staff didn't allow themselves to be put in a situation where the kid on signing day pump fakes with the hat. Yeah. 
You know, and you get that embarrassment of becoming the and you viral end up club. Like, then one name that sticks out to me, I mean, when State Take signed... Reed. Well, that, but State signed up, like Dylan Farm was like a last-second deal, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, Damian Williams was kind of a last-second deal. Damian Williams, that was another situation where they just sort of went to USM's commit list and said, let's get him. Yeah. You know, so it worked out. And you're pulling out quarterbacks, but... But yeah, so that's, you know, there's... Every year there's a guy, or especially under Mullen, there was... And the last second guy who had no other offers, but they had to get somebody in at that position, and that's how you end up with the you know bottom half of your roster not not contributing very much. All right, let's move on into our SEC picks this week. We did not uh, do picks last week. We just let them. We just when we said we were taking a week off, by we, gosh, we took we a week really off. meant it. I, I didn't know that we we did not realize we had done that. Until this this day, but these. But picks, for the record, we were honest with each other, and we would not have had any separation anyway. No, so, so you're still for one those, up for those that care. Yeah, I'm still one, one up. up. All right, and would have been one up even had we picked. So these are our picks this week. They are brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. This holiday season, why don't you leave a steak for Santa? Never mind cookies and milk. Leave that man a delicious, locally sourced grass. I'm sorry, grain fed ribeye steak. Nice, medium rare. Maybe a baked potato on the side. Santa needs a little carbs. Get through the night. You want a carb load up, uh, but of course, if you if if, if you know maybe you don't have kids or maybe you just want that steak for yourself. Hey, Santa knows that this is a time for giving. Give yourself the gift of steak. That's how I'm going to look at it. Call Welcome Home Beef today. Put a delicious whole prime rib in the oven or on the grill this holiday season. A whole beef tenderloin. That that's the showstopper you want at your Christmas dinner. So. 662-268-8148 or visit them online, welcomehomebeef.com. Whether you're cooking it for yourself or for the uh, the man from the North Pole, one thing is for sure. It just tastes good. I'm, right. si- I'm sitting here thinking, we usually do this before Christmas, you and I. Yeah. This season is not going to be over. We're not going to know the winner of this thing until December the 19th. December 20th is Sunday. Uh, we're really going to have about three or four days there to... To do it if we go eat before Christmas. No, we're probably not going to do this before Christmas, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. But yeah, normally this would be the week we're doing it. Yeah. We would have already gone. Or actually, it would have been last week. Huh. We'll figure it out. Some startful restaurant is we'll going be to get our business. The business. All right. Uh, what are we doing here? So, what are we doing here? That's another theme of the show. Joel Coleman, one game up on me. We've got, uh, what, one, two, three. We have four games to pick. With Ole Miss A&M getting canceled. And that game is probably canceled in all likelihood. Uh, and obviously Auburn-Mississippi State, that's uh, for Saturday. We won't pick that here. Georgia will uh, travel to Missouri. Oh, Kirby getting it done. Going Georgia. I imagine you will as well. Unless you just want to take a risk to try and catch up. This is what I'm going to say here. I do need to take a risk at some point. And Missouri is hot. They are hot. They can score. They can. They're at home. They are. I feel like if I pick this, I should go all in with it and take them and double here. I thought we were. Oh, are we done doubling. with doublers? Did we say we were done? We said we were. All right. Well, then, then, well, then it's not that big a risk. I'm gonna take Missouri. <laughs> okay. Do we need to do the uh, paper rock scissors thing since we're getting down to the? No, no, no. We're, 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 I, 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 people out there make a bigger deal. Of yeah, because I'm gonna pick what I think regardless I of what you pick. Yeah. Yeah, I might change if it's close. Yeah. Like, this is close for me. 
but I could just see Missouri winning this game. Georgia is not that good. Mississippi State had a chance to beat them. Mm-hmm. I think Missouri is better than Mississippi State, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of that. But I'm sticking with Georgia. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll both take Alabama, obviously, to beat Arkansas. Uh, then, we, then we have this game. <laughs> then we have this. Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Whew. I mean, this is... This is such an interesting... If Derek Mason were still there, I might take Vanderbilt. I just don't know anything about Vanderbilt. Are they going to play it? I guess they didn't announce All anything. indications right now are that game is going to get played. And all indications are Vanderbilt is a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. But so is Tennessee. That's true. Who burns brighter? I can't go out on Vanderbilt. I'm, I will yeah, take Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee, too. Okay. And then we'll both take Florida to beat LSU. So... We're all the same on Tennessee, Vanderbilt, LSU, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas. We will split on Georgia, Missouri. Either Joel will have a two-point lead and a virtual hammer lock on this thing, or I will. we will be tied going into the final week. And to my knowledge, that has never happened. Did you and Bob ever? I don't I remember being tied going, going into the, the final week. So Lena, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. At this point last year, you had already pretty oh, much put I me was away. Up, I was yeah, up like you, five games. Yeah. And, and the year before, I think I had a somewhat you had a comfortable lead, lead on yeah. you. The, the, the last year was the week you picked all these ridiculous. You had to pick. I like, had to, and, and you ended up losing by like ten games <laughs> because you, you picked Florida State to beat Florida. You picked Auburn to beat Alabama. Well, no, that actually worked out for you there. Uh, you picked uh, Georgia Tech to beat Georgia and all that stuff. Yeah, because yeah. I the, the only way I could win was to. I think the only have one the you upset. didn't pick was you just couldn't bring yourself to take South Carolina to beat Clemson. That was it. <laughs> but you won the Iron Bowl that year. That was crazy. So. All right, uh, tomorrow's show is uh, not the rumblings. Don't forget, we have pushed that back one day. We will recap Mississippi State's basketball game with Jackson State. Uh, We'll have some Auburn talk as well. I'm talking to uh, Jason Caldwell tomorrow from inside the Auburn Tigers. He'll join the program to discuss uh, what's going on over there on the Plains. I know that you will, but Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued if if Saturday is the battle for Gus's job. So, going to ask. Yeah. Going to ask. Also joining us later this week, Cole Kublik from the SEC Network. He will be on the sidelines. One thing I'm interested to talk with Cole about. He was at the Kentucky game, the worst game of the year, in my opinion, for State. I agree. He was at the Egg Bowl, offensively a really good game, 440 yards passing for Rodgers. I want to know what he saw that made, made the difference. He'll, he'll be the guy to tell us that. So a lot of good stuff this week on Thunder and Lightning. Looking forward to bringing it to you. For Joel T. Coleman, woo, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.